This week on Media Delta, Flash Gordon. Wait, Gordon's alive? Hello and welcome to, I guess, technically a special episode of Media Delta because uh, this is episode 52 of Media Delta, which means that it's been one full year since we started this. Um, so, yeah, uh, I I guess you'd like, I, I, I don't have any poppers on me, but yeah, it's it's we've been a year. Uh, and we're, we're going to take a look at a very interesting movie because I, I actually handpicked this movie because I was thinking of movies to celebrate one year with. And I was thinking of movies that I particularly like uh, that I actually I didn't want to pull the let's just do whatever the hell I felt like card quite yet. Um, but there was an Atari 2600 game based on this movie uh, and we played it. So therefore it makes qualified. We're talking about Flash Gordon today, uh, particularly the 1980, I probably should have had the thing, what, 1980? This is 1980? Yeah, it, was, uh, it was a quick cash-in on the Star Wars craze. Yep. Uh, oh yeah, I suppose that would be weird to think about like that, but yeah. A lot of things try to cash in, so it makes sense. It's a weird thing. The entire reason this movie exists is because of Star Wars. It is. It is fucking Star Wars. Now that you mention it, yes, you're yeah. right. Yep. It's it's Star Wars, but with it is early. Why they made Moonraker? But aggressively British. <laughs> yes, incredibly, incredibly British. Um, so yeah, uh, I was not the only one to watch this movie. Um, so please introduce everyone here in alphabetical order. Hi, I'm Max, and I'm here for Perfect Hair. Hello, I'm Norman Rafferty, and this morning's unprecedented solar eclipse is no cause for alarm. Hi, I'm Risen, and all I have to say is fly, my Hawkman. Uh, I'm Torpid Typist, and I'm here to misunderstand football pos- Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, Flash Gordon has definitely been a thing that's been around for, what, since the 30s, if I remember correctly? It was like one of the yeah. first like little mini things that were in shown in like theaters. Basically, uh, yeah. Well, Buck Rogers, you know, people know vaguely about that, which was a comic. It started as a novel, turned into well, actually, starts as a comic strip. My bad. So this is a comic strip, and it's it has two things. It's incredibly racist and badly drawn. So eventually, they got this guy named Alex Raymond, who was a good illustrator. He illustrated for fashion magazines, and said, "Hey, could you do a ripoff of Buck Rogers, but drawn well?" And he created Flash Gordon. And so basically continuing this ripoff trend. So Flash Gordon was pretty popular for several years, had several iterations, and um, I mean, I gotta mention this. So there's a parody of Flash Gordon called Flesh Gordon, which is an X-rated parody. Um, and I have to mention that because two things about that movie. Number one, the special effects are amazing, and number two, the people who did the special effects in that movie were hired by George Lucas to make the special effects for the first Star Wars A New Hope movie. So there once again, <laughs> It's. Uh, I mean, I was mentioning this beforehand. It's like, yeah, this is a Star Wars trend. Yep. Um. Yeah, definitely. The more that you say that, yeah, the more that this is definitely a Star Wars. Star Wars with a you fit in somewhere because this movie is very incredibly British. Even though I don't think that. Um, because the one person that I know that is like associated with this movie is Lorenzo Semple Jr., uh, who is 
one of the, if I remember correctly, one of the key creators of the 60s Batman. Mm. If not, I think there, there was something involved with that. Uh, I can't remember which part. Uh, okay, so Lorenzo Semple Jr. did the screenplay for this. Um, oh, also apparently wrote Never Say Never Again. Huh. Okay. Oddly enough, I guess they're not mostly known for Batman. Dino uh, Lorenzo's production. Am I mistaken on that? Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I'm not seeing it on IMDb. But, but nonetheless, yeah, this is... There are some people behind this movie that make it a very interesting movie. Um, so I guess we should probably just, you know, get this out of the way, um, and actually go to the questions that we have. So Axe, uh, what were your general impressions of this movie? So I kind of went into it thinking that I wasn't going to really enjoy it. And, you know, halfway through the film, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I like this. I, I'm actually enjoying this quite a lot. Um, it, it kept my attention during a time where I'm, I'm really having a hard time just watching anything. And I, I I enjoy I enjoyed it from for uh for the the effects the the characters uh it's just there's just a lot of stuff going on that it kept it kept me interested with just constant stuff happening you know it didn't it didn't really like falter at any point or feel like it was dragging on every every scene felt like it it fit and was moving the movie along. In, in a in a positive direction um it was very bright a lot, lot of bright colors and you know different colored set pieces and just it, it really tried to to uh to stand out um yeah so yeah uh is there anything in particular you want to uh mention uh the leader of the hawkman yeah is is yeah. awesome yeah um it wasn't it it wasn't at first kind of a coward, but then when like he turns around and starts to like actually be a leader, he's just he's just he's overall he's just great. He's extremely extra. There is a reason why people like I like Brian Blessed is probably the most notable person in this movie. Like he is probably the one outside of yeah. maybe Timothy Dalton that people recognize. Yeah. Also Max von Sydow. That uh, yeah, that's say Max von Sydow, like dude. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, like, but also Brian Blessed turned into a British staple after this movie. Um, yeah, that was a really good voice. So yeah, yeah. But also, I Claudius probably did not help or hurt that either. But yeah, um, but yeah, he was he was my favorite part of of the movie. He he's a lot of people's favorite part of that movie, and I completely agree with them. Um. As Volton. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing that we did want to uh, clar- or not clarify, but uh, to confirm that, yes, this is a Don De Laurentiis um, production. Uh, so, yeah. It's the Evil Dead movies. Hmm. Um, so, did you have anything else to add, X? Oh, no. That was it. All right. Uh, Rafferty. Uh, I'm going to agree with a lot of what uh, X said. This is... Uh, I'm just going to say this is the best of the Star Wars rip-off movies. Uh, and I think it's great the way uh, they... Um, it has a very good pacing. Like, sometimes people will try to talk you into movies like Legend or Krull or 
I don't know, like some other movies, you don't know what's going on. They're slow or they have weird scenes. This this movie, something's always happening. It's usually pretty weird. A lot of people are shouting in hammy. Brian Blessed knows what movie he's in. Timothy Dalton is perfectly cast as uh, the Baron. Uh, Max von Sydow, everyone is great. Nothing... Also, they just jumped whole hog in the 1930s. They they kept the the rocket ships with the spears on the front. There's lightning fields. They decided to make outer space some sort of weird psychedelic paint rather than a star field, which is a weird decision. But it makes like a, a later scene where they're dueling over a pit. Like, you know, if it was just a black void of space, it wouldn't be interesting. Instead, it's some weird kind of pit. And so it makes you feel like you're in an otherworldly fantasy. That's the good part. The bad part is the writing is is kind of incoherent. Uh, the acting isn't the greatest. Some of the dialogue is um, cringy. Uh, Flash, I love you, but we only have 14 hours to save the Earth. It's, I think, a lot of people's favorites. Um, and then we go back to the music, because the music is amazing. They decided, let's hire Queen, the rock group, to do the music. And they do it all. Like they do like the the attack of the Hawkman. They do the fuck they do the bridal theme. Yeah, like that they, that the, the wedding yeah. music is, is rocking. It's kind of hilarious, actually. <laughs> they got Queen yeah. to do the ceremonial music. Uh, I, I mean I I guess you know this movie just goes hard and that can be very infectious. It it can be very fun to watch. Uh it, it, it's uh, I think I need to get really high and watch this movie. I think that would be for the best. So probably improve the experience, yeah. Yeah, so so um and, and I salute them for like even though they knew that Star Wars had just come out was a tribute to the nineteen thirties serials, they they made something that was Flash Gordon first. And and I think I think they tried really hard, but uh, later when we get into the nitty gritty on things, they weren't always successful. But um there's nothing else like this movie. That that is com- that is very much true. Well, except Star Wars. Well, that, that's a different discussion. Because <laughs> there are things yeah. that I would, if they took from this movie, that I think would improve Star Wars, but that's definitely not the direction they want to go with. I got to hear that. But yeah, that's that's my comment. So, all right. Um, Risen. Um, I'm going to, I didn't get bored watching it. Like, I've seen this movie before, so it's nothing like new to me. I have to say that I, I think the most important aspect of it is, like, the Queen soundtrack, the, like, hammy acting, the, you know, interesting visual design and everything. Like, as Rafferty said, it is very much still aligned in that, like, 1930s futurism that, you know, makes it stand out. You know, I'm not going to mistake it for any other science fiction property out there. Uh Uh-huh. Um... I guess, like, all of this stuff adds together that I find that it kind of has an infectious energy, just, like, Queen's guitars, the acting, the pace that it keeps going. Like, it has a decent pace. Like, it doesn't really take a huge break at all. You know, the stakes are always escalating. There's always something happening. There's always some rivalry, you know, getting worked out or something. And I think, you know, it's it's an enjoyable watch. Like, it's not necessarily like a great movie but it's you know at least a fun movie yep uh is there any particular thing you'd want to bring up 
I do appreciate the time that they took in terms of, like, costume design to make sure, like, all the different, like, they call them moons. The moons of Mungo are, like, you know, you know, their cultures are different. You know, you you would not mistake the Arboreans or whatever led by Timothy Dalton for the Hawkmen under uh, Brian Blessed. Nope, that that's definitely for sure. You know, so it it makes sure that those factions are very distinct in everything. Yeah, um, it's almost kind of if you think about like to put it in kind of because I I don't know why this is the thing that I thought of, but if you think about like in video game terms, it's like the the different factions in Breath of the Wild, how yeah. they are all kind of shared the same landmass, but they are all very completely different. Um, the people so yeah. of Lu wear different clothes than the people of uh kakarika or whatever yeah so i forgot i was gonna say uh so yeah uh anything else you want to add no i think that covers it until we get to the other questions all right uh torpo yeah so uh it being basically being star wars explains why i didn't really like it that much (laughs) now that i think about it yeah I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was okay. The pacing was fine, uh, all that. I did think that the set design uh, and the costume design were both very good, even if the effects themselves kind of aged like crap. Um, that said, the writing was terrible. <laughs> it was absolutely fucking terrible. Yep. It's, uh, yeah. Like, I, I still love Flash and What's-Her-Face falling in love and proposing, despite not even knowing each other for a day. Uh, Dale Arden. Is the other Dale Arden? Yep. Yep. Dale. Yeah. Good old Dale. Um. But uh. Yeah. No. It's. There was no chemistry between the two of them. There was none whatsoever. They met on a plane, barely knew each other, and suddenly marriage proposal within less than twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, so there's that at the very least. There's the one. God. Um. At least the lady who was incredibly thirsty for Flash Gordon made more sense because she was incredibly fucking thirsty for him. Yeah. Fucking Thirstmaster General, even if she was an idiot about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going back to the main character, Flash Gordon, uh, apparently he's a quarterback who really likes to tackle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So if they had chosen another position, but they clearly didn't. And that. But, uh, Flash himself has no personality at all. Uh, he is incredibly fucking bland, but also magically fails upward. Uh, I I've, I cannot say there's a single point in the movie where I really felt like he earned a victory, aside from maybe the one fight. But even then, that was kind of handed to him at the end. But uh, in general, he's just kind of lucked his way through life up to the very end. And it's it's almost frustrating to watch how this man is so bafflingly fucking lucky and stupid all at the same time. And so he just continually fails upward until he beats the big bad. And it's, it's fucking depressing almost. Beats the big bad by stabbing him with a spaceship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. It was good kill. No, and he doesn't even kill him, though. Like, he fucking blasts himself. Yeah. Anticlimactic. Yeah, I I, I just, the writing is what really kills it for me, because I really like, 
I really like the intricacy of all of the costumes. I will say they were all very detailed, very care like very very carefully put together. It felt like to me at least because there was a lot of detail in every last outfit. They were all colored distinctly and made to look distinct based on where they're from. And it was like it was it was actually I, I thought probably the the real selling point of that movie. Uh, I I thought the sets were. The sets are also pretty pretty well done, very colorful, very well painted, except for the fart dimension, but that's not surprising. It's a swamp, and swamps fucking suck. Yeah. Uh, including in real life. Uh, if you've never been to a swamp, don't go to one. They smell, they're humid, and they feel like shit. Um, but yeah, so like in, in general, I, I thought it was I thought it was an okay movie, but the writing is what really bogs it down, because it is an incredible comedy of errors that allows Flash to win. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Like the only time he took it into his own hands to kind of do something was when they were doing the the stick the hand in the hole and he fainted. Which out. was all luck. Yeah, it was that all was luck. luck. I mean, I guess like the one thing is he did trick Timothy Dalton. Like yes, that, I will give him. He did one bit, but that. like. At any point prior, if the little creature inside the stump decided to stab him, he'd be dead. Yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely fucking. I don't like Flash. I don't like Flash at all. Ming is just a comedically evil villain who's just kind of there to be evil and to like a ridiculous degree too. Yeah, I know. For like, I enjoyed some of the side characters, mostly because it's. One of them's like fucking Brian Blessed being Brian Blessed doing Brian Blessed. It's don't even need to mic that motherfucker up. Like, but uh, in general, I, I, I... yeah, uh, Brian Blessed doing Brian Blessed things, including actually, actually goosing, uh, the actress. That's played. not great. Yeah, that that part. Of the problem is that's like when I when you first hear about it, like, oh, that's uh, like, oh wait, that's actually really bad. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's not good. Because, uh, yeah, if there is a scene when uh, Dale is first br- uh, brought into the Hawkins kind of area, you see uh, basically um, Volson walk behind Dale and you see Dale kind of just jump forward into the prize. Yeah, that is uh, actually that he shouldn't yeah. do. But it was also uh, the 80s, which is unfortunate. Oh, yeah, so that's that's my two cents. Yep. Um. So, yeah. Uh. Like I said, this is. I keep on going back and forth about whether or not I think this is one of my favorite movies, um, because I feel like this is a movie that I'm very glad that it exists. Uh, but actually, watching it this last time has made me realize that it's like, oh yeah, there are some parts of this movie that are just kind of not great. Um, the parts that are in this movie that are really good and really kind of dumb and kind of fun to watch, but it is a movie that. Like watching it in like it's a fun time, but yeah, this is there's definitely this is a jank ass movie. Um and it's if you're going in this to like you kinda you kinda need to know what you're going into beforehand. Because you kinda need to be mm-hmm. in the right mindset to watch this movie. Cause you're gonna watch try and watch like an actual sci-fi thing, you were gonna be sorely disappointed. But if you wanna see a British ass train wreck of a movie. Well, like taste train wreck, I guess. Then you're in for a treat. Um, yeah. 
still reminded of how fucking terrible watching the ships move through space are. But also the beautiful fucking green screen moment of all the Hawkmen in space. It's yes, it's that great. And, and and Flash on his little scooter, yeah, just wiggling around, vibing the yeah. space bike. Yeah, everyone loves the space bike. And just how completely like just thinking about the the mechanics of it and the way he's 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 uh like strapped into it and not even strapped into it. He's just got a little bar that he puts his ass on, like. How that would fly through space? Like, no. Just no. Just vibing in space. I like the fact that on IMDb, one of the, uh, like, you know how IMDb has, like, screen, like, pictures for the movie? I like that one of them is a picture of Freddie Mercury in concert wearing very short shorts and a, one that, the, the Flash t-shirt that has his name on it. Hmm. Oh. Also, we lost. It, uh, shit. Fuck. Hey, uh, future Lolo here. Um, the thing we used to record our podcast uh, had major issues at this point. Um, so there was a segment here uh, in which basically we had to fumble around to figure out to make sure what we can get working. Uh, obviously, since you were hearing this, we could hear that we could figure out something. Um, so that is why there's a weird cut here. Um, also... If you are here, if you hear any reference to it, that is why. Um, so yeah, we had slight issues, uh, but we we're able to recover. Um, so I'm going to leave you off where we, well, eventually recovered. So back to show. It was a, this is a kind of a jank movie. Yeah, it's a it's a very jank movie that I'm kind of glad exists. I you know I never thought of it that way, but yeah, you're right. It, it's like it's lovable but terrible. Yeah, and it's got enough of its own identity to set itself apart from Star Wars, while still trying to to be a part of what Star Wars was. I mean, the movie I want to compare it to is Tron. Like Tron and Flash Gordon, both are big special effects movies. They wanted to lure people in. They wanted to be an action movie, and Tron is boring and airless and confusing. Whereas Flash Gordon is active and colorful and. And confusing, but it's so fast-paced you don't notice. Whereas a movie like Tron, you're just going like, what's this guy with the weird penis hat? It's like a fucking child of the paper and crayon. It's messy but fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is a... Which I can at least say about it. At least things happen. Things don't stop happening, and I will give it that as much as I complain. It just doesn't stop. And they're fun to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And the soundtrack rocks. Yeah, it's an amusement park. Soundtrack literally rocks, yes. God, the fucking wedding march was so... Mm, that's still... I fucking hated that moment so completely, actually. I mean, there's also something that's else that's associated pretty closely to that segment that is... I think it's great, but it's also really stupid. Which is the Ooh, last... That's... Which is the last line from that robot. Um, trying to remember what the exact quote is. Um, so it's some, hold on, I need to get the exact, it's got to be listed uh, here. Um, yes. Long live flash. You have saved your earth. Have a nice day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was such a weird fucking scene. I'm like, what the fuck? Cause they're like setting up this like robot is like going to kill him or something or do something, you know, like, oh no, Emperor Ming is dead, but his like. 
soldiers and his automatons are still working. And then, yeah, just long live Flash. You have saved your Earth. Have a good day. <laughs> the have a good day is really the thing that sells it. It's like they yeah. didn't know how to fucking end it. So that's what they came it's up with. It's definitely... That's like one of the last lines in the movie, right? No, the the last lines, I think, is... I forgot what like, it is. It's like the him being like king or uh, Timothy Dalton's character. Like, I'm going to be the new king and I'm going to do all of these it, good things. I know one of the last things is the Hawkmen forming Thanks Flash in the sky. Yeah. God, that was fucking awful. But the other thing with the little robot, though, is that, like, after it says, like, it's lying, he jumps up like, yeah! Yeah, no, they do the freeze-frame jump! <laughs> like, it's, it, it's great. It's so it's such a bad ending. Oh my god, but I love it. Oh wow, according to IMDb, uh, it was an improv, as no one else could figure out anything better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds about right, actually. Yeah? <laughs> God, this... I I hate and love this movie at the exact same time. Yeah, that's fair. Just just really quick, I want to say shout out to fucking Flash's big himbo energy. Uh, I appreciate mm -hmm. a man who is so up his own ass that he wears a shirt with his own name on it. It's really good. Just me wearing a shirt that just says Torpo all the fucking time. <laughs> just in big bold block letters. Exactly. It's been bedazzled, actually. Although, like the whole thing's been filled in with gems. Also, it's also it's sleeveless. But it's not just sleeveless; they're ripped. It's well, ripped the best part about the flesh on his shirt was it wasn't just like some some normalized text. There was like a style to it, a look. That was some logo design on his chest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want that shirt. I don't. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Somewhere. I, I, I've seen it on sale places. So yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. just wanted to check something recording. Um, yeah. Oh, do do do. Uh, yes. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we should actually probably talk about the characters in this movie because yep. we've kind of briefly discussed it, but um, kind of go a little bit deeper in. Uh, so, Torpo, uh, what are your thoughts on the setting slash characters of this? You you can definitely feel when the setting's from, is what I'll say. I've largely said, uh, like, it's it's just that sort of, like, goofy, schlocky sci-fi kind of deal that just is a bunch of humans in space, but also from different planets. Like, uh, they're, they're technically different, like, alien species, but they all look like people. Just all of them. And it's it's just that kind of deal. Like they don't even do their sort of like rubber mask thing or anything. It's just the their people. people. You forgot about the freaky puppet people. Oh, the freaky oh, right. puppet people. That's yes, right. That's... Oh, yeah, I tried, I tried my best to forget. But go on. But yeah, it's it's just that sort of setting. Like just people fucking casually floating around in space, flying in space with their wings, their sweet hawk wings. But uh, just just in general, uh, I I it is of a time. It's that I'm not necessarily a huge fan of, but I can see people enjoying it. Uh, and I, I would say that the characters I've largely said my piece on, like Dale's just kind of there mm -hmm. to be the damsel. Flash is Flash. 
Brian Blessed is Brian Blessed. <laughs> like, uh, the, the Arborio guy actually goes through some character development. It's kind of neat, actually. But, uh, and, and then there's the princess who's Thirstmaster Supreme, but. She has her own special planet built for, for two. fucking, for fucking, fucking, I wish I could have my own fuck moon. Like, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> uh in in yeah I, I i as i said i've largely said my piece i feel like others will be able to expand on it a bit more meaningfully all right um uh, let's see um risen um it's definitely unique and i think that's the important thing about like any star wars inspired media or trying to like ape star wars success you know because like there were a lot of them and like I know I'm never watching Tron again. I can't really think that I'd want to watch Moonraker, which is also very much trying to capitalize on the Star Wars fad. Because, um, like, an important thing to note with Moonraker is, like, the one before it, they said James Bond would return for your eyes only, but because Star Wars did so well, they're like, shit, we got to go to the moon. We need James Bond to go to space. So, like... I could, like, see myself, you know, maybe not, like, the next month or so watching Flash Gordon again, but I think I could watch it again, you know, just because, like, the characters are interesting. The world, like, to a degree, is fully realized. Like, you can kind of understand, like, the air quotes geography of Mongo, but um, I do think it would have been interesting to see, you know, more of, like, the other people, like, the other subjugated people under Ming instead of just Arborea and the Hawk people, but you know, obviously they can only they only have so much time, so like you wouldn't want to bloat the movie either. So um I think that's everything I really want to say that I haven't already talked. Like I can't really comment on like its faithfulness to the source material because I've never seen the source material or read it or anything. So yeah, I think that's my piece. Alright. Uh Rafferty. It's not very faithful to the original material uh, that much at all. I mean, like, they changed Flash Gordon from a polo player to uh, to a uh, football player, which I think makes... It's fair. I mean, no one... I mean, no, I, I think having Flash Gordon be a polo player would be great. Like, there's so much of this movie that's just half-baked. And the more I'm reading the notes on it, the more it was like... Uh, you've got like a Joel Schumacher thing going on with uh, the crew here where they're just, oh, it's got to be big. It's got to be funny looking. Uh, you know, uh, half our crew speaks a different language than everyone else, but that's okay. I don't be fooled by words, which is a comment here on IMDb. Um, and then you had apparently Sam Jones just like disappeared during production, like he just left. Um, th there's. Um, so when you ask like, the characters, it's like there are some good actors hired here. I think Timothy Dalton and Brian Blessed and Sidow, I think, uh, you know, are, 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 are serious about it. And they're good actors. And you then you have characters like Melody Anderson, who doesn't have anything to do. Like, like, like they didn't give Dale any lines. So the characters are improving stuff like Sam Jones improvs like stuff. And no one's reining anyone in. And so that's what makes the movie, like you said, very jank. It's kind of like everybody seems to be in a different movie. Um, and um, and none of it, like the original comic, it's like Flash is like, hey, someone's doing something evil. I'm going to go grab a sword and fight it hand to hand. 
and Dale is a little more dynamic than a lot of your 1940s stuff. And Zarkov is there to solve any techno problem. And they deal with a lot of monsters. There's not a lot of monster fighting in this movie. Um, I think the only mm-hmm. monster is when he falls in the swamp, right? And the tentacles come up to grab him. Yeah, uh, there's also yeah. The, the one in the stump where you stick your head. Right. Wait, but, I mean, that, those are barely monsters. I'm glad they had the, the um, spike pit. Because not only is the spike pit pretty iconic... And they use it for an iconic death. But that's true to the spirit of the comics. Of two guys physically altercating, uh, using weapons. Like, because Dalton clearly, well, Prince Baron clearly knows how to fight. But like you said, yeah. the, the problem is, is like, um, I mean, compare this to another dealer on this project, Army of Darkness. What Bruce, Bruce Campbell and... Um, well, I guess when they're being directed by Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi can direct actors to look like they're failing upwards. Like, they look like they're seriously in trouble. They have uh, reaction shots that show that they're in trouble. But, you know, when somebody like Ash fails upwards, you're rooting for him. You feel his pain. Uh, or Harrison Ford used to be good at that when he was Indiana Jones. You feel that. In this movie, you're not... The struggles are abstract, and Flash wins by so much blatant luck in this movie that uh you don't really get the, that sense of stakes and that's why we're all sitting here talking about the movie looks good it sounds good now recording we're now recording but um none of the um uh no, you don't feel for any of the characters and and that's no. that that's a real serious yeah. thing of what the was movie. what was the name they brought the name of the guy they, they had with them i keep forgetting his name what clitus uh, no, 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 that Flash, that one with Flash and Dale. It's the guy that, oh, Hans uh, got brain... Oh, Hans, yeah. Hans Arkov, formerly at NASA, has offered any explanation. Yeah, and he's like, don't forget, he's like an asshole who holds them at gunpoint to tell them to come on the ship, and yeah, he's nothing but a total asshole, and he also, he doesn't do anything except defeat mind control. Yeah, remember when they tried to brainwash him and then just kind of never talked about that ever again? Yeah, I mean... How did he break out of the mind control? He was... He kept thinking about Shakespeare and different things. Um, right, and it's kind of like yeah. that would be more exciting. But he doesn't bounce back. He's not the guy who like we need him to turn off the the lightning field or something like that. Or uh, he doesn't like hotwire the spaceship so they can take off in it. He doesn't do any of that. And also, Dale doesn't do anything. She like I think you know the, the apparently the cheer scene where she's going, well, going go Flash go. Go Flash Go. That was improv because she literally has nothing to do. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I compared it to like, you know, a, a Joel Schumacher Batman where it's like we don't know what to do with any of these people, but we spent a lot of money on sets. It's it's also great because they had Dale at one point get a, a, a handmaiden drunk so she could get out and that amounted to literally nothing. Yeah, because she fairly immediately got picked up by... Uh... On Zarkov and everything. Yeah, so so that's where, um, and that's also where I was like comparing this. That's why Tron is on my mind. Tron has the same problem where we don't know who any of these people are, and uh, and Tron's even weirder because they're all talented, excellent actors. You've got Box Leitner, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Bridges, Bridges, uh, David Warner. You all these people are good actors and have been better in other films. So um, I mean. Jones, I've seen in other movies, and but um, yeah, it's just um, so like if you're asking about the characters, it's like 
there's no characters. Um, it, it, it's uh, sound and fury signifying nothing. Yeah, pretty pretty much, honestly. Like, yeah. it's part of what frustrated me. Like, like what, what's happening on screen, uh, just like, a bunch of shit keeps happening. Things move. And sometimes it can be fun or funny, but like, the actual characters themselves are barely there. Mm-hmm. It, it almost feels like that it's a movie that's at times entertaining in spite of the characters, not because of them. Yeah. It's the kind of hammy acting often where like the characters don't seem to know what they're doing. Because they literally don't. Expecting like an MST3K, you know. Yeah, it, it sounds almost like they had fuck all for direction half the time. Yeah. It it seems kind of like a series of vignettes more than a coherent story, kind of in some in some cases. Almost like TV episodes stapled together, yeah. So, yeah, did you have anything else to add? Oh, no. Um, I'm curious what Axe has to say. All right. Uh, yeah, I kind of ha- have to agree with the with the general consensus. Uh, the characters the characters are kind of the weakest part of the movie, uh, and that comes down to the direction and the acting. Uh, there, there didn't feel like there was any real direction to anybody. It kind of felt like they would just say action, and that's about it. There was no like discussion about how character uh, um, motivation or anything like that. Just kind of point the camera, shoot, and be done with it. Um, the settings, on the other hand, you know, the locations were really just all of them were really nice to look at. You know, uh, they were interesting. Uh, I liked a lot of the stuff on the ships. Uh, uh, Mongo's, Mo- not Mongo's, Ming, Ming's ship. They had so many different sets for that, and each one of them was interesting to look at with just, like, different setups and layouts and, you know, different color schemes. Uh, and it, it's just I, it's just disappointing that with all the stuff that they had behind them that they they just kind of fell through character-wise. And like, like you pointed out, that for Dale, Dale was just there and just meant meant nothing to the film other, other than to be you know in distress rescued and then oh yeah i'm in love now just kind of like very very one-dimensional characters uh throughout um and as much as the pacing of the movie itself was fine the pacing for the characters their arcs were weren't for uh, like i mentioned before with uh I forget the, the the leader of the Hawkman's name. Prince Fulton. Fulton, yeah. Uh, his arc comes just super quickly. Like, for the most part, he's kind of a coward and a bully. Uh, and then out of mm-hmm. nowhere, out of nowhere, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be a good guy. What the hell? Just, just a complete 180 of his character in just a few short seconds. And it, it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't, it doesn't work super well. Um... Flash is just the like Torpid said. It's himbo. That that's that's his entire entire personality. And in some, it's a, it's a movie of himbos. Yeah, like you you could you could look at other himbos like say Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. Very much a himbo character, but he had personality to go along with it, and he was charming and he was interesting to watch and listen to. Flash is just very very dull. Um. And then uh, he, he played a football, you know. Yeah, he played, he played good at football. 
played. He was a quarterback. Who, who tackles people. I feel like you're saying that in the same vein as I've covered wars, you know. Oh, and at least that's said with more conviction. Um, I guess I the just, one good thing about him being a football player is that you do get to enjoy him tackling people or attempting to tackle people. He tackled people all of, like, the one time. And hit a bunch of people on the head of a weird jade football-looking thing. See, that was yeah. really good. And then we just never thought about it ever again. Yeah, it's... It, it... Like, him being a football player could have easily have tied into a number of his skirmishes, and it just doesn't. We just kind of forget about it. It's it's there as just a piece of background. That's that's it. Well, he does he does do that, like, first football thing. But, yeah, after that, they, they really needed more shots of him running or maybe throwing things, but they just forget. And apparently that's because that first scene, they improv that, and the movie just ends with... Something else. You, they really. You're right. They really didn't use Sam Jones's physicality. Yeah, probably having probably the... like a MacGuffin that he could like catch and throw and everything. I think would have improved things greatly. Yeah, you know, kind of like the the disc from uh, Rygar, something like that, or some actual stunts. Yeah, but like the only scene that really I think that I think comes together perfectly well is the fight with. Uh, Baron, I think his name was on the uh, yeah. disc. Prince like, Baron. Yep, Prince. Yeah. Prince Baron is great because it's Prince Baron. Two different noble titles. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is even Prince Baron doesn't do a whole hell of a lot, even though he's supposed to be part of the resistance, like the actual resistance. Uh, so what I do like about that fight is it's him and Flash just whipping each other repeatedly, uh, which would be. And then the spike's coming up too, and it seems like a fight. And Flash stops, starts losing. So Brian Blessed fat fingers the fucking controller, and Flash ends up winning because of it, because the thing tilts over, and yep. Baron ends up hanging off the ledge. Yeah, it's like it's the one one scene of the movie that I think, um, com- I thought it was the best scene, to be quite honest, because it felt it felt cohesive all the way through. It felt like there was some actual direction to it. It felt like, you know, the character, the the actors knew what they were supposed to be doing. Um, it's pro- probably the, the the best scene I think in in the film. But uh, yeah, that's what that's what I think of the characters and the. I mean, yeah, you also have that that dude. I've already forgotten his name. That was with with them. That gets the the oh, brain Zarkov. bite. Zarkov, yeah, he's he's there, kinda. He the, is there. He kind of just becomes, like, the person who's managing, like, Flash, you have so long to save the Earth. Yeah. You know, it's it's just weird seeing the main characters having having very little to do, and then the, the secondary characters having even less to do, and everybody's just kind of going through the motions. It's kind of like, uh, I forget who said it, but it, it, it feels like it's disparate disparate uh characters playing out different different parts of a movie all at the same time that's just what i uh, what i thought of it yeah yeah all right uh, you good yeah all right uh yeah i i don't really have anything to add basically everyone nailed it on that mm-hmm. um so let's just quickly go through this last thing because I, I think we've kind of already 
discuss this a little bit, but just a kind of quick summary. X, how do you feel about the um, the budget and tone of this movie? Oh my god, this this movie has aged pretty poorly in a number of areas. Uh, just the the special effects in a number of spots are really shitty. Um, in other spots, they're they're not too bad. You know, they did good with the pew pew lasers. I like I like that. I was mad that it took so long to get to the to the lasers, but um, every time they used green screen, it was really obvious and it just looked really really raggedy. Um, you could feel the budget from the start to finish. There's it wasn't a, a highly budgeted film <laughs> at mm-hmm. all. <laughs> um, I looked it up. Uh, the budget was twenty to twenty-seven million. Yeah, and you can you can feel it. That's that's can, pretty expensive in nineteen seventy-nine dollars. Yeah, that's that's actually a good yeah. chunk of money. That is, yeah. <clears throat> well, it, it doesn't went, really show. It went all no. into the clothing. It went it, all into the fucking costume. It went all design. into the clothing and the set design. Yeah. Oh, okay, so there's no CGI. So when they do the the hawk scenes, especially the coordinated thanks flash. That has to be optically composited with each unique model filmed with a camera, so that that's like twenty or thirty camera passes, all that have to be synced frame by frame. So it's incredibly tedious, but it also doesn't look very good. So I don't know. No. So it is yeah. very expensive, but that that's that's what twenty seven million gotcha. Yeah, and it, it proves that no matter how high your budget is, if you don't know what you're doing with it. It's not going to matter because this movie, this movie doesn't doesn't look or feel like a twenty seven million dollar budget budgeted film for that time. It feels like it was done on like a couple hundred thousand just just from the uh... I'd argue it's also a difference of technology at this point. Like it is not aged gracefully as the problem. Well, no, it has not aged gracefully, but like you could do a lot better visual effects and other things at that time. Yeah. Um, I, I, see the problem. I don't think so. Like, 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 like it. A lot well, of maybe not a lot better, but I think there were some better ways they could have done it. There, there were better people uh, at uh, matting uh, and doing those effects. I mean, Industrial Light and Magic had the best, some of the best people doing it. So there are better people that were doing it. But, but, but I mean, like all the money uh, is like on screen. Like that lightning mode effect may look really cheesy, but it was really expensive. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, no, and and also like don't forget their sets. Like holy crap! So there's that scene where Richard O'Brien goes to talk to Timothy Dalton. That's soundstage. That swamp had to be built from scratch. Uh, and and, and all of that. I mean, compare this to say the movie um, Batman, which we also watched, where Batman's reusing sets from other movies. Like Batman has that has the nonsensical Ajax chemical factory, which doesn't look like a factory because it's a repurposed set. So, um, no, I think all the, the money is, is on display here. It's just things didn't look very good in 1979. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, do you have anything else? Yeah. No, I'm good. All right. Um, Rafferty. Yeah, sorry to... to, to uh, I mean, because, like, I'm a special effects nerd, and so, like, like, a lot of effort. I mean, not just the costumes. The costumes apparently were weighing, like, 40 or 50 pounds. And, yeah, you um, could fucking tell holy shit i mean as much as that design work looked really good but um 
like the Hawkman scene, like it, this isn't like just copy and paste digitally. Like it had to be optically composited. And uh, before they released the Star Wars special editions or Star Trek special editions, they didn't look that good either. Um, but it's also a question of like, should they be doing this? Like the big complaint I have about the movie is that they spend all this money on special effects and on scenes, but there's never a good fight scene. Like you really needed to go to the Errol Flynn, uh, or even like the Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford era. Um, or this he is needed what, some more swashbuckling. More swashbuckling. This is one of the things I always love about Sam Raimi movies is when you go see like like if you will watch Spider Man, his Spider Man movies. Uh, even though they have like like a special effects technology they can only dream of in the CGI, he still makes sure to film mundane scenes where he films characters actually physically interacting with each other, so you can feel grounded, so you can get reaction shots and that kind of stuff. A bunch of stuff that is not in this movie. There, there's like no good reaction shots. There's no good setup and payoff. Um, you know, it, it's just this movie has no direction. And and um, but the special effects. Well, I still like the weird clouds thing. I think it was it it it. it uh, I I think after I mean I would argue that after a point the movie leans in so badly to to the weird special effects that maybe you don't notice them after a while. Like you can appreciate it. On the same level, but I might just be weird. Maybe I'm, maybe it's my nostalgia talking. So, um, yeah. Uh, uh, once the uh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to summarize by saying this movie is more fun to talk about than it is to watch. All right, uh, risen. Um, I think, I mean, I think the tone could definitely it's like serviceable. I you know I do get the idea that this is a like high fantasy sci-fi kind of action science fantasy. Yeah, I think I think the stakes could have been better, you know, shown in everything. Like, what is that stake? You know, we just keep getting like ten hours, and the Earth is you get shots of a watch occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And like I said, with like when with like Rafferty's opinion, like I think they could have leaned more into like more of a swashbuckling nature, like give Flash a sword to do more sword fight with, right? You know, it could have been a bit like camp in a good way is almost the way that I want to say it. But as Rafferty said, like the Errol Flynn, like I would have, you know, would have loved to have like Flash, you know, quipping you know, back and forth with, like, Baron in some better way or any other fight that he has, right? Um, to a degree, I get... That's it going back to, like, the stakes and everything. Like, Emperor Ming's, like, a lot of his, like, round troops, let's call them, are incredibly incompetent. So it's, like, they don't generate, like, any sort of threat. Like, the many scenes where, like, the scenes where uh, Dale is escaping and she, like, fights a couple of, like, his troops and they're, like, looking in the complete opposite direction of her as she, like, you know, rolls up to them and shoots them or whatever. The same thing happened with, like, when Timothy Dalton was blasting through Ming's base. Um, The fact that, like, every gun turret on in Ming's bases was shooting at the rocket that Flash was piloting and everything. And, like, it's not doing anything. Like, every shot is just going around it. Like, people joke with, like, stormtroopers that they can't hit the broadside of a barn. But, like, 
damn, can Ming's troops not hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> so, like, I don't feel like there's enough tension to, like, the rising action, if I'm going to criticize it for that. If that ramble makes any sense. Um, yep. Uh, I, I, I have to agree with you, and I think it's funny when you say, you know, the stakes don't feel high enough, but it's a movie about destroying the Earth. Yeah, like, he is going to slam the moon into the planet Earth, and, like, it comes down to, like, the wire, and it's like, there were points in the movie, like, how is the Earth being destroyed again? Does he have, like, a big laser or something? Like... Yeah, they never touch on exactly how he's going to destroy the Earth, just that he's going to destroy the Earth. Yeah. And like oh. we mentioned, we mentioned before that there's there there was always an escalation, but the escalations weren't really like super strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I said, uh, like mostly it's just them looking at a watch, like oh, there's like ten minutes left. You and see it, a shot that's of a watch. The most... That's the most Hans Zarkov did, was he just, like, programmed a watch to, like, when the Earth would be destroyed. Yeah, and, and really, the movie doesn't even need that. It's like, you know, Flash is, you know, like, sorry, Ming's showing up, he's bombarding the world with death rays. Uh, he kill literally just kills Flash. Uh, and, you know, tries to brainwash, you know, and is going to go on to do more evil things. We don't even really need all this stake stuff. It's just like, Ming's evil, we need to take him out. Just every time he's on screen, he's doing something that is just, like, comedically fucking evil. Yeah. Yep. Which, like, Max von Sydow played very well, so, like, I can't fault it there. Yep. Uh, you good? Yeah, I think that's everything that I need to say at the moment, so. Alright, Torpo. I mean, I have sleep at this point. <laughs> Got not yep. much else to say. I'm sorry! <laughs> yep. Well, yep. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I like, and also, like I've said, I, I like the fact that it is cheesy nonsense and kind of bad, but also in a kind of good way. It's, it's pure schlock. Yeah. It, pure, yeah. It, 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 it's pure schlock and it, 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 it makes a hole that is me shaped. I would agree. It's pure schlock and okay. There's some things in it that haven't aged well, but that's why I keep comparing it like, like Joel Schumacher's Batman's, which also would be pure schlock. This is better than that, and that is damning with faint praise, I realize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good way to describe it. Alright. Well, I think we've kind of discussed enough about that, so I think we should probably actually get on to ranking this. Um, so we are gonna rank this using our normal one to twenty-one scale, uh, with the three extras uh as well for special cases. Um with one being absolute mastercraft, not even not not really much you can do to make it any better. To twenty one, which is not even worth watching, even ironically. Um, so uh, Axe, uh, where would you put this? You know, for all the criticism we give it, I still think it's a good movie. I would I would be happy watching it again. I I, I kind of enjoyed it. I put this as like a, a six or a seven. All right. Uh. I'm here, but Torpo. Um, <laughs> I I like the movie. I'm not gonna feel bad about what score I give it. Okay, so I still disagree about the placement of Tron. I'm gonna level with you there, but I think a ten is all right. 
Well, that's why we go down this list and see what everyone's slots are. I still feel like Tron should be elsewhere, but otherwise, but that I would, is like, a different. I would rather watch. I would rather watch like Area Eighty Eight or Street Fighter or Pirates of Darkwater. Darkwater of the Darkwater Pirates of Darkwater. 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 The Darkwater. Yeah. Slip into my local accent. Um, risen. Being reminded of like Pirates of Darkwater and everything, I kinda. There's a kindredness to them, if I, you know, is what I would describe it. They both have, like, the same kind of failings of, like, meandering, directionless characters who don't quite make sense or what they're doing. But, you know, it's a decent, like, action romp to a degree. Like, I didn't hate the action scenes in Pirates of Dark Water when, like, I watched it with you guys and everything. So I guess I would put it at, like, a 9 or a 10. All right. Rafferty. You know, I, I, I was picking a number before this happened, and the more I look at this movie, the more the more there is not to like about it. I think some of the special effects, like, technically impressive, haven't aged that well. I forgot that there is some uncomfortable stuff in this movie uh, because I'm an old person. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, where did we put uh, Darkwater? Pirates of Darkwater? That's a nine. nine. That's a nine. And that was the whole, you rated the whole thing at nine? You didn't yep. rate part one or two separately? No, uh, no, we did not do that separately. Man, because this, I didn't realize it until you said it. This has a lot in common with Dark Water, where they really want to impress you with a lot of impressive visual. Dark Water had a better story. Uh, it just felt like Dark Water, they were trying too hard. Um, oh, man, people are going to crucify from this. But since 10 is still above the watchability threshold, I want to lower, I want to put my rating at 10 because, uh, do we put Tron at ten? No, Tron's, Tron's a seven. seven. Oh yeah, Tron's too high. Uh, let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> uh, and then also, if you go back to the recording, and if I gave it that high of a number, then punch me. Um, Got yeah. it, Coach. Uh, I um, yeah, because this movie yeah, t- ten is average. Like ten is average. It is actually uh, slightly yeah. above average. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and 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 say ten because that that there's. The real way to appreciate this movie is to get the the Flash soundtrack, which has clips from the movie, enough to get the whole plot, and just listen to that because that's what I have fond memories of because I'm an old person just listening to to the soundtrack and it cuts out all this crap. So yeah. I'm gonna rate this at ten. And I'm gonna rate the soundtrack at three. So put this at ten. Fair enough. Um, so I have a um. I have a, I don't know what to phrase it. Uh, I have a, a, a alternative, alternative proposal. Um, I think that this should be a 69. <laughs> okay. How is 69? Okay. Because remember, we have available to us the three extra ranks. Special designations. Um, what, six, you know, six, six. So if you, so to, to put the comparison to Retro Rank Rhapsody, some stuff that we have in 666. Or not 666. Just in, explain what 69 is. First. So 69. Uh, if you... We've put... So uh, there are the three... We have three extra number, numerical ranks. Um, I lost my thing. Um, which are 69, 420, and 666 because I am an adult. Um, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it, to, for immediate Delta sake, we've already put something at 666, which is the Avengers of Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, which is the fascinating mm-hmm. nightmare thing which is so good it's bad or so bad it's good so 
re-looking at 69, I would vehemently disagree. But go on. Uh, what is 69? You so, said you. so the description, so the like the title for it is is Fever Dream. Uh, the description for it is as a sound foundation, but something about it elevates it in a way that competence can't. Uh, to put so, to compare it to some stuff we've done in retro or in Retro Rank Rhapsody, uh, we have two games in 69. One is the first Funky Fighter. The other is Trio the Punch, um, which uh, are. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Torpid. I vehemently disagree. This is not a 69 movie. This, this is too coherent yeah. to be a 69. Yeah. Coherent. Okay. In fact, like Trio the Punch is, you keep watching that. Oops. It's got the what the Ebert quality you would call show me something new. Like when you're playing Trio the Punch, it's like something new happens every level. It's just like, I curse you. Like, wait, wait you're, we're sheep now? And there's a giant foot now? And we're fighting birds in the park? There's something new. Yeah. Where Flash Gordon... After, you know, honestly, after you've seen the big fight sequence at the beginning, there's a middle part that's, you know, just like, it's still action, but but it still feels like a coherent movie. It's just the problems are obviously the lack of direction because there's, mo there's money clearly on display. There's optical effects that people clearly know what they're doing. Uh, you know, everything is mixed properly. There's, there's nothing, uh, you know, bad. It, it, it's clear that, just they didn't put enough thought into it. I, I think it's way too clear that the flaws of this movie are clearly incompetence. All right. Uh, so in that case, uh, let's see. So if we go through everyone's ranking, we have a span of six to 10, mostly hanging around 10, um, which would, I would honestly, if we were going to say uh, out like kind of around there, uh, I would probably see nine or ten with this. Yeah, also, real, just to also compare it to the first Funky Fighter. The first Funky Fighter is nonstop insanity. It just never relents in how fucking confusing it is. But uh, going on, yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, one of the phrases we said for this movie is it's not confusing. Yeah, that is like, true. It is pretty straightforward. Like, evil man wants to destroy Earth. Good men stop evil man. He makes friends along the way who help him defeat Evil Man. Yeah, I think a good 69 is... Well, damn. <laughs> uh, uh, like, <laughs> you want to keep going because it just gets louder and more obnoxious. And with Trio the Punch, you want it to keep going because, uh, you know, something weird is going to happen. Uh, and um, it, like, like, this, movie is not one, this movie is not something I would queue up to show people to say, this movie is going to blow your mind. Flash Gordon's not going to blow your mind. I think there's better movies with like soundtracks provided by a big name rock band that are more incomprehensible or insane than Flash. Yeah. You know, you know, be yeah. a good '69 fucking heavy metal. Heavy metal. There, there, uh, there is a game based yeah. on heavy metal. Yeah, I would fight you on that because I think heavy metal is just not very good. But no, I'm mean, like, like, I, um, what I'm talking about is more like Tommy or um, the Sergeant. Oh, yeah, movie, you know, like, about, uh, or uh, because it's in the news, Zardoz, you know. Yeah. yeah. God. I would rather we not do anything with that man in it for a while. Yeah. I have very negative yeah. feelings about but, Sean Connery, but yes. Speaking of love, you know, confusing movies, but yeah, no. So I think I think we rated it a ten. I mean, it's a classic movie that a lot of people have. 
I, I'll give you my angry old man. It's a classic movie that a lot of people have fond memories of, but then you go watch it, and once again, that summary of, oh, you know, this isn't as good as I remember. Well, it's also because you're going back at this point and watching it with, like, modern sensibilities, even if you do have, like, fond memories of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I watched it in the day, but honestly, yeah, the Queen soundtrack is just way better. It's just, like... I, I still absolutely hated the bridal march though, like the wedding march or whatever. It is. Yeah, that's, that's what makes it more awesome because Torpid hates. It, no, it's it's <laughs> Torpid hates weddings. It's true, I do actually, but that's unrelated. Um, I think it's yeah. a symbol once again of the lack of direction because I yeah. think. Brian May's uh, signature, like he nails his, is the ultimate rock and bridal march ever. It's a question of why is this in Flash Gordon? Because why not? Why, why is the big theme... evil emperor doing a fucking rocking ass bridal march? Like they got Brian May has to brandish a red special to play that song. <laughs> I'm sympathetic to Lolo because this movie, like, it does have that '69 quality of. No one told them they couldn't. So there's so much in this movie that's people doing things because they can, and it's hilarious. Like the yeah at the end. But I was like, a, you know, as, even as a, like a six year old kid, I was sitting there watching that, going, "Okay, this is too much." Even for me. yeah. Um, that being said, if we kind of average our things together, I do feel like nine's a pretty good spot for it. Because just thinking about from my personal taste, I would much rather watch this over, say, Nickelodeon Guts or the Wizardry OVA. Oh yeah, definitely. I yeah. and I feel putting it in that same. It's it's also right next to the Street Fighter movie, which I feel is perfect. Yeah, I, guess, I don't know. I I would rather watch the Street Fighter uh, movie personally, but yeah, I I would. Well, I don't know. I'd it's also watch. I'd rather watch uh, this than the Street Fighter movie. Uh, it's it's also the thing to remember is that sometimes you can just also like plus and minus some of these like a couple ranks so also, it's part it, of yeah. the struggle here is like i am the only person who's been in every recording so i fully remember every single one of these <laughs> i mean i also am in every single recording too no but that's what i'm saying like i'd rather you watch dare quote the what, dark what? magics to lola when she was in <laughs> which my, my point is more like yeah. i would much rather watch area 88 over this but like i can also understand wanting to see this over like street fighter movie yeah yeah no i i think uh well these are also broad number categories I mean, we need yeah. To, yeah, yeah yeah to accept that so yeah so, I, like, I, yeah um, I, I can feel I'll, i understand i'm not gonna fight it that's a really weird hill to die on actually <laughs> as i say we for the last we've had problems for the last like four episodes of us spending 20 minutes to bicker about a number let's that just was like one time it yeah, was no, two was times bad. because there was all it was the one it was doom and it was the adams family which were right next to each other yeah <laughs> putting this at like nine it's like it's a movie that a lot of people have fond memories of they even made that stupid ted movie the teddy bear movie that you know pulls this out it made it's sam jones's most iconic movie uh and um but there's also like a lot it, it, once again i think this is the right category of it's a fun to watch movie and it's fun if you watch it with other people and talk about it so that's kind of like a nine where if you put this on at a party maybe you might have fun uh i did know here that uh, they're starting to put warnings on this movie of um warning painfully 70s um, but, uh, uh, so there might be a little cringe there, but no, I, I think, I think this is a good spot. 
Uh, I, I mean, I would recommend the movie, but I would like you know pause. It's no Tron. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be. Tron's gonna be the contentious that, point for. A while. That's gonna be. That's gonna. Yet. That was our. Um, that's gonna be the trio of the punch pre. Six six or sixty nine. You mean another fucking hill for me to die on? Is what you're saying? Uh, yeah. I mean, as I say, there, uh, say, there was another one that was like that, and I forgot what it was. I've gotten angry about a handful of rankings that I thought were undeserved, but yeah. I think I think it's a weakness because you're using a rank instead of being like a point based system where we say give it this many points based on this categories and then rank it. Like I've seen another, we're doing a list thing of where we're picking where it goes in the list. And I think that is the problem when the apples are getting compared to the orange. It is the, it's the problem of, Hey, everything has a sort of weak point in this is this one. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm for some reason blanking on what to put for genre. I would so say that's we have science, fantasy, sci-fi. I, I mean, I have science. Uh, no, I, have, have- I have sci-fi. I yeah. think it's just sci-fi. Uh, and then this, like, I guess I would put the Space Force. Even though I kind of feel like it should be a genre of sci-fi tone of whimsical. Or maybe even have, silly. Do you... I would silly, put it, I would or, agree with. Do, do you have not give a fuck? I mean, that's silly. Then silly it is. Yeah, we'll put that for now. Are your men on the right pills? Yeah. <laughs> Execute that traitor. Um, silly. Yeah, I had to remember why for a second. Why is there a peach in the music slot for Doom? And I'm like, oh right, it's Butt Rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, which which reminds me. So let's see, what do we want to call out for music, charm, cinematography, storytelling, action, and art? I'm already going to copy paste that thumbs up and put it in the music slot. Camp yeah. charm. Yeah, it can't that, be charm. This movie's camp as hell. It is campy, bro. Pretty but... damn ha- campy, uh, yeah. Dude, we're, we're, where do we file direction under? Do we file that under storytelling? Uh, that would, I think, be more under cinematography. Uh, well, cinematography, uh, cinematography would also include special effects. The movie looks beautiful. It's just everyone's oh, improv. Actually, in that, in that case, then, yeah, that would be storytelling, which... Thumbs down. Yeah. Thumbs down I mean, I think we didn't talk about it, but I do think like the shot for shot cinematography is pretty decent. Like, you know, there was no scene where it's like, damn, like this just looks really out of place. Like this was a bad decision. And like I could rattle off like a long list of things that but like you know, I think this the camera work was decent. Like I didn't yeah, it's I, all right lost track of the action people were framed well they highlighted that you know in addition to having these beautiful sets you obviously have to frame them well you know i guess like the weakest point of the cinematography was the actual fight scenes like the circle of doom between baron and uh flash i thought the circle of doom actually looked pretty good but there but there's a problem where um they have to composite it and uh, I, I think that there's no there's no choreography there's a huge problem with this movie. yeah no you know lack of direction and lack of fight choreography means that everything is incoherent if this was a modern movie they would do a steady cam wobble jump cut jason Bourne, 19 cuts in a single scene to disguise that this movie doesn't do that and it shows mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah so how do we want to handle art do we want to give a thumbs up I think we I should would, I'd say so, up. yeah. 
We all yeah, love. No, once that. again, the the set design and like the costume, the costume design both yeah. looked fucking great. Yeah. Um. Like, man, I do not envy the people having to wear those costumes because, goddamn. <laughs> oh man, but... IMDb said Max on Sido's costume was seventy pounds. Oh, Jesus. Oh my god. He just god. walks around in that, damn. You you, 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 know, like you know, now that I think about it, he doesn't walk a whole lot in this movie. Yeah, no, weird. he kind I of meanders <laughs> slowly in most cases, yeah. Weird, I wonder why. I don't think enough to hide it, uh, but yeah. Um. So if we're thinking yay or nay terms, there is a nay category that I definitely want to put in. Uh, and okay. that is the uh, boy. This was the XDs, and in this case, this is really a '90s, '70s, or not '90s, uh, '70s, '80s movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but let's appreciate that one of the feast items in the Hawkman's kingdom was Twinkies colored with food dye. <laughs> Great. I didn't even notice that. That's but that's powerful. Well, but there's okay. so much. There, I mean, that's like pointing out that, like, in one of the Star Wars movies, that techno thing that guy's carrying around is an ice maker. Yeah, no, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that's reused for sure. The fucking ice cream, there was an repurposed, I should with say, the ice cream maker. God, ice cream maker. yeah, they had to apparently rebake it for one of the new movies, so they had to, uh, yeah. So, actually, I think this quote's very damning, I guess. Uh, director Mike Hodges, referring to the production play, uh, problems that plagued the film, once called it the only improvised $27 million movie ever made. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and since then, he's been outdone because um, there was the 2016 Ghostbusters. Um, let's see. Is there another charm that we want to put in? I mean... I think I think we've got it covered. Yeah, I think... Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at the... I was going to say, why is there... Um. Yeah, I I don't think any of these other ones. Oh, good. They struggled language barriers too during the production. Great, because they had both English and Italian crew. Oh yeah, the IMDb says the translator they hired was a complete joke, and then Dino De Laurentiis just blew it off, saying, "I don't want the words to get in the way of the story," which is not something you want to hear from the producer. One thing I read on Wikipedia is that they actually had to dub. Flash because like the guy quit near the end of production, so they're like, "Oh shit, we yeah, need like to redub this." But he's not here, so we just need to get someone else to do it. Yeah, like I said, this movie is way more fun to talk about than it is to watch. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that is going to do it for Flash Gordon. So uh, before we head out, uh, Axe, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, just my Twitch, twitch.tv slash axeimmortal. All right, uh, Rafferty. Coincidentally, uh, over at sanguinegames.com, we've just uh, about uh, are doing, we've been streaming on twitch.tv slash Ractus, R-A-K-T-U-S, Astounding Science, which is a tabletop role-playing game about pulp-era sci-fi with, like, martians and gadgets and all that kind of stuff in the same vein as flash gordon so you can check us out it's gonna be for sale soon all right uh risen um i sometimes appear in different people's streams so you can find me there all right fair enough uh torpo uh twitch.tv slash torpotypist and at torpotypist on twitter uh and i would like to plug the black hole beneath my murder arena yeah um 
So yeah, that is going to do it for Flash Gordon. Uh, so we got something uh, interesting heading out your way. That We got something pretty neat coming up. Uh, and we are heading... November turned into OVA season, apparently. I don't know why. Well, I know why, because I was in the mood no for it. But um, we got a, we got some OVAs on your way with uh, one of the probably one of the best one best video game based OVAs to ever exist. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it now, um, especially considering yeah. the other things we've seen from this franchise. Uh, next week we're gonna be talking about the Sonic OVA. Um, I can't I can't wait to see Knuckles in a cowboy hat. It, it, it's a really good hat, which unfortunately can no longer happen. Yeah. Thanks, Ken Penders. <laughs> I'm just that meme where it's like Wolverine like looking at a picture and the picture is Knuckles in a cowboy hat. It's it's really good. Um but yeah, that will be ne- next week. So thank you all for listening. If you would like to look at the full list of rankings for yourself, please visit r3.ldp.life and go to the Media Delta list tab. If you would like to watch Media Delta's sister show, Retro Rank Rhapsody, you can either watch at youtube.ldp.life or by tuning into twitch.tv slash lodapuzzlo at 7.30 p.m. on Fridays, 2.30 p.m. on Saturdays, and 1 p.m. on Sundays. All those times are from the Eastern U.S. time zone. If you would like to discuss this episode with the community, you can do so by joining our Discord server, which you can do so by going to discord.ldp.life. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you tune in for our next episode.